Truth Be Told Productions, this is the fifth podcast in a series, Aftermath of a Kansas City Necktie Party from 2009. This podcast is about a closed homicide case in the Kansas City area, April the 15th of 2009. Imagine if you can, you are the parent of a 20-year-old kid. And he's gone to a bowling alley and is served three to five pitchers of beer. Then he goes to a party at a middle-aged man's house. The cops are called twice for loud music and people yelling. A verbal warning is given to this middle-aged man that rents the apartment. Two times police give him a warning. While the victim is at this party, he gets jumped. And that is a direct quote from the EMS report. The middle-aged man that rents the apartment, he claims he doesn't know who was fighting because he was outside cooking chicken. He comes into his home from the patio where he's cooking this chicken and he finds that uh, somebody's fighting. It's in his house. He wants it to stop. He tackles Whoever's fighting, they all go down. I believe that the victim ends up on the bottom of this going down pile of tackling that happened in this apartment. And I believe that the victim went down and then he couldn't breathe. He couldn't get any air. He was depleted of all oxygen. The police report states that the victim is a 20-year-old male, that he's 5 foot 6 inches tall and 120 pounds. That, that doesn't sound very big to me. The eight witnesses are a 19-year-old male who's 5 foot 10 and 200 pounds. Okay, That's two underage drinkers right there at the party. The second witness is a 46-year-old male. We know that's the apartment renter. He's six foot tall and 190 pounds. I've seen pictures of him from 2009. And I just want to say that I think 190 pounds is being very lenient. I think he weighs much more than that. 21-year-old male, five foot nine, 140 pounds. 20-year-old male, and there's nothing listed for his height or weight. So there's another underage. That's three that we have so far in the police department that we're interviewing. A 24-year-old male, he's 5 foot 9 and 140 pounds. And the sixth guy is a 20-year-old male, and it doesn't state how tall or how much he weighs either. But it seems to me that any of these one single guys could probably hurt a 5 foot 6, 120-pound victim. Not alone uh, jumping him. That's what the EMS report says. That he was jumped. When I look in the Urban Dictionary, being jumped means more than one person. So, also, I said there was eight witnesses. Two females. The seventh witness they have listed is a 29-year-old female. And the eighth witness is a 22-year-old female.
That's nine people, eight witnesses, and the victim. The original police report says that approximately seven people were in the apartment. So obviously, when the police were there the first two times, they couldn't really determine who all was in the apartment. We don't even know how many people left the scene. This is eight witnesses here, but some could have left and not have been mentioned at all. Those are the people I'm probably looking for. Okay, when they're interviewed at the police headquarters, the witnesses are evasive and they deny knowing who the victim was fighting with. They do not recall a confrontation or harsh words. Some of the witnesses repeatedly say that the victim is on ecstasy. They keep saying that. He's on ecstasy. Maybe they're trying to make him look like a, a, a bad person, you know, like maybe he deserved to die. But blood work and urine analysis from the hospital in the ER, they took the victim's blood and they took his urine in the emergency room and also tests from his autopsy all come up negative for drugs. No drugs or any kind are found in his system. Yet when you read through his report, it it says repeatedly that the patient has recreational drug use uh, via witnesses' testimony. So they could have put this kid down and out and thought, man, what did we do? We just killed this kid. Well, everybody says he's on ecstasy. Everybody says he's doing this. Everybody do that. You know, I don't know what was said to make them believe that, but the blood and the urine in the hospital would have shown that he was on something if he was on something. Now, I understand that he was on life support for a amount of time and then his organs were harvested and thank him for being a organ donor, but they didn't find any drugs in his system. The autopsy reports hemorrhages were observed on the face along with superficial contusions and abrasions of the face consistent with asphyxia and blunt force injuries. A blunt force injury could be him just hitting the ground being tackled. The asphyxia is not being able to breathe. Somebody laying on top of him somebody heavier than him his face has got slight abrasions on it where he's tried to move his face out of the carpet and he's got bodies on top of him because he's been tackled if honestly if it were a situation where this man is trying to defend his own property his home everyone would have the same story Everyone would say the same thing. Everyone would say exactly what happened. But that's not what happens. When they're interviewed, they don't know. They can't remember. (laughs) 
I'm trying to shed light on this closed case. I'd like this case to be reopened and reinvestigated. I would like the witnesses to be re-interviewed. I believe that someone was trying to make others believe that this victim may have overdosed on ecstasy. And he did not. This victim did not have any drugs in his system. This is a plea for help. This is a plea for anybody who worked at the bowling alley. Someone who might have been near that pharmacy when the victim went to pick up his car. Before going to that party. Someone at the party. Someone else in the apartment complex. Anyone that has any information on this case, I urge them to please step forward. Now is the time.